And so I have the pleasure to announce uh, the talk about trichography, uh, You Never Read Alone. And uh, as speakers, we have Maria Zainu, who's a, research, uh, a researcher at Technically, I'm so sorry, Tactical Tech uh, Collective. And uh, there's Claudio Agosti, who's also with the Tactical Tech Collective. And apparently we're going to have a premiere tonight because they're going to show us trichography, which is a software which will illustrate where all this data is going that the websites are collecting about us. The Saal is yours. Hi, thank you very much for being here today. Um, Claudia and I work with Tactical Tech, as uh, just mentioned. Tactical Tech is an NGO based in Berlin, but we work internationally. And we are super excited today because we're launching uh, one of our new projects, which is called Trackography, and it's all about online tracking. So when we think about surveillance, very often we think about governments because a lot of it is carried out by them and rightfully so, we do think about governments. However, in most cases, I think that companies, corporations make a lot of that surveillance possible. A lot of our daily browsing activities like reading the news online is what enables governments to have access to this data so they can monitor us to begin with. So for example, when you think about PRISM and a whole bunch of other systems used by the NSA and other intelligence agencies, we can see that a lot of their monitoring is possible because a whole bunch of companies like Google and Facebook collect that data based on their tracking that they do on a daily basis. And this is something we would really like to draw your attention to through this project. Basically, what uh, we understand is that uh, um, this whole world of data collection is creating a new sort of power around the world. And uh, why we created trichography? Because uh, basically, we want to cover what is data geopolitics. At the moment, uh, if uh, you know that uh, one country has a large pipe of gas, and this gas permits you to be warm in the winter, you understand some geopolitical uh, relationship. But about the data, who is the owner of whom? Which are the countries that are depending more from other? This kind of answer are the things that was rotting inside of us, and trichography tried to be an answer. It's a project intended basically for advocate, lawyer, analyst, researcher, so person that make analysis about this phenomenon. We are focused on the media website. For media website, we mean a website providing news media, because if someone is able to understand and to study how a population, a region, a country is accessing to the media and what is more, more interesting, what is most accessed, researched, as in fact a way to perceive and to study the, the nation itself, the target itself. We also see by the Facebook experiment that uh, based on what you're reading, you, influ you are influenced in your mood uh, to be more uh, positive or negative. And um, that is why the media are the subject of uh, this test that uh, by theory can be applied to every website. So basically, we develop a, a software, a script, that uh, emulate the behavior of uh, a user connected to a website. This script performs HTTP connection using PhantomJS. PhantomJS is a browser that runs without the display of a window. Every time you connect to a media website, you have many third-party content, like the video commonly came from a third party, or the banner that uh, display the advertising, or some static picture or some hidden tracker like a JavaScript inclusion that just put some cookie and read your behavior. 
Those third party is what uh, our script automatically detects. Then we perform a trace route, trace route for every included third party. This can uh, lead to uh, figured out which is the network path needed to reach the server uh, included. And then we perform JOIP, so resolution from every hop in the path to a geographical uh, location in order to figure out which are the infrastructure involved. At the moment, we have collected uh, 30 countries in uh, the complete analysis. We have a media, we have a directory on uh, our GitHub repository with the media list because uh, the media list changed on the time and required the local knowledge to be tuned so uh, everyone can contribute putting uh, his own country. And uh, we have more than uh, 3,000 media actually uh, analyzed and uh, some special media that are analyzed from every country. So let's have a look at trichography. Um, as uh, Claudio just mentioned, um, we collected data for 30 countries. We did this essentially by running the script in these countries based on uh, lists of media websites that we collected for each one of them. If your country is not blue in the map, uh, don't feel discriminated. It's just that we don't happen to have partners in that country or we just don't happen to have someone who could uh, run the script there. So as you can see, these blue countries are the ones that we have data for. So if we click on Germany, for example, since we're in Germany, uh, on the side of the panel, you can see that we have lists of um, media websites. By global media, essentially we mean media websites which cover the news internationally and which are accessed globally. If we click on um, the Wall Street Journal, for example, what we can see now is what happens when we access the Wall Street, German, uh, the Wall Street uh, Journal in Germany. As you can see on the map, the green country is Germany, the country we're accessing the Wall Street Journal from. Uh, the blue country in this case is uh, the United States, which hosts the server of the Wall Street Journal. The purple countries are the ones which host the uh, network infrastructure required to access the server. And the red countries, which in this case is the UK and the Netherlands, are the countries which are hosting the, the servers of the companies which can track us when we access the Wall Street Journal. Um, what's noteworthy in this case, essentially, is that these, the way that these companies track us is because every single website, or at least most media websites, include uh, embedded image and uh, code, which belong to third-party companies. And here we can see that we have a lot of unintended connections above. Yeah. Uh, yes. So the one intended connection is basically to the media website. The unintended connections, which in this case are 67, are the connections to the servers of the third-party companies. That means that while we were planning to connect to the Wall Street Journal, in, in reality, we are also actually connecting to the servers of third-party companies, which can track us and which can collect data about us in the process. If we select uh, more, uh, more uh, media, you just yeah. uh, sum uh, the visualization with the... Uh with others and... Uh... Right, so you can feel free to, um, when you get access to this map, you can feel free to select uh, the media websites that you access, the media that you read, uh, either from the global list or if you scroll down below, um, you can also click from the national list in your country or the regional list, which covers the regional news. And by clicking on every single one of these media websites, essentially you can see which third party trackers, which third party companies can track you every time you access them. But not only which companies track you, but also where your data travels to every time you access these websites. Change. Now, the reason why we decided to show you this is because this is one of the very few examples, if not only the only one, 
where there's a media website where you access it from Germany and no one tracks you. Or at least according to our results, there are no third party trackers included. And this is WikiLeaks. So. <laughs> <laughs> So again, our results show that when you access WikiLeaks, uh, sure, your data does travel to Norway because um, based on one of our results, uh, the server of WikiLeaks is based there. But as you can see, there are zero unintended connections, which means no third-party trackers, which I think is quite interesting. Change. Besides uh, study who is the third party that uh, is present on your navigation, it's also important to understand what is the network topology. Because uh, every time you are connected to another server, your connection passes through an infrastructure. And this infrastructure, if it's owned by someone that is analyzing actively your content, can create a collection of, the, of your behavior or of the content you are exchanging. Um, if the connection is encrypted, like in HTTPS, the third party in the middle has no power of modify or uh, dump and collect this traffic. But commonly, this kind of third party injection is not encrypted. And uh, we, we saw uh, with another revelation about Angry Birds that uh, this was, was one of the very examples, because uh, Angry Birds was just a game with some advertising embedded, but the advertising server was running in the US. Therefore, the infrastructure needed to reach the server was touching the, the US, and uh, the NSA has, has got the good idea to monitor our traffic. That is why the network topology matters. Another reason why the network topology matters is because you never really know who has access to these cables. You never know, who, can never really know who has access to the network infrastructure when you're accessing websites and when your connections travel through them. So this is an example from the Snowden leaks. Um, this document um, illustrates um, Rampart uh, program through which the NSA collaborates with a whole bunch of third-party countries which provide them direct access to the fiber optic cables which make up the backbone of the internet. Um, and also these third-party countries which include from Ethiopia, Saudi Arabia, Tunisia and so forth, they also are hosting US equipment. So this is just one example to illustrate that while you might say, okay, right, okay, so I'm accessing this website, my data go, you know, goes through, I don't know, Azerbaijan, for example, to reach the server, while wow, it's not a big deal. Well, actually, it might be a big deal because maybe you know, agencies which you wouldn't want to have access to your data do have access to your data because, you know, they're tapping into that particular network infrastructure. And uh, besides the tapping and passive collection, we have already saw that there exist a lot of attacks that exploit this kind of communication. Uh, FinFly is uh, one kind of the implant that uh, on, on the fly can just uh, change the download you are performing and uh, put uh, the FinFisher Trojan on, uh, on your download. But this can also be applied to some uh, exploit. For example, if you are downloading a Macromedia Flash content and uh, your browser is vulnerable to some uh, Flash uh, exploit, the person in the middle can just start to substitute the content you are receiving in order to exploit your computer. Um, Fox Acid was a similar attack uh, performed by the, starting from the same kind of uh, uh, privileged uh, point of view. So one of the reasons why we developed tracography is because we want to think about the geopolitics of data. What does it mean today when you, through the internet your, your data literally travels to various servers all over the world? Now, if we look at a small comparison between what happens uh, in the so-called uh, global west and the, the so-called global south, 
One example here is where um, you were accessing uh, three med national media websites in Italy. And what we can see here is that Italy owns the service of uh, these media websites. Of course, the red countries, as you can see here, are the ones which are hosting the servers are the tracking companies. But what's important to note here is that there are no blue arcs in, in the sense that they own their own, uh, the, the servers of their own media websites. On the other hand, however, if we look at a country in the global south, like Nigeria, for example, what we can see here is that Nigeria does not host the servers of, the, of its national media websites. Instead, they're hosted in the USA, and the network infrastructure required to access them is based in South Africa. Um, and the blue arcs essentially show like how uh, the, where the data has to travel to every time they want to do something as simple as read their national news online. Now, I think one of the reasons why this is particularly interesting is because how can Nigeria and all the Nigerians in the world kind of protect their citizens' data in practice when they don't even own their own infrastructure? How can they inf how can they make sure that their citizens' data is actually in practice protected when they do not own when the kind of control what happens to it? Um, I'm not implying that we should have some type of, you know, autonomous system like China or so forth, but I do think this is something we should think about carefully and maybe raise debate about. Up, up. Another aspect that uh, deserves a study is uh, when you see someone that invests on a foreign infrastructure. For example, the former te uh, telephony monopolist in Italy, Telecom Italia, has put a lot of investment in Brazil. In this case, has, been, uh, has gone to South America to create some network infrastructure. This means that in a, in a certain case of the test uh, performed, the connection that uh, is traveling from your uh, Brazilian carrier to reach the US passes through some Italian infrastructure. This does not mean that uh, the, the connection actually go down the ocean, go in Rome, and then come back to Washington. It's just because uh, on the field in, uh, in Brazil is present some Italian infrastructure, and uh, the IP address are associated to an Italian company. Therefore, the, the system recognizes the, the ownership and, uh, and, the person and the entity owning the infrastructure. Now, again, another example. Um, given um, the political tension uh, in Ukraine with regards to Russia uh, throughout 2014 and the Ukrainian revolution in February, we decided to run the script in Ukraine. Um, as you can see in the map, um, a lot of connections go to Russia. This is because, essentially, um, by accessing two of the main uh, media websites in Ukraine, Pravda and Vesti, we can see that one of the main companies which tracks uh, users is Yandex. And Yandex is sort of like the Google equivalent in Russia. Um, now, this raises a whole bunch of this can raise, raise a whole bunch of questions, but essentially what I think is quite interesting is, regardless of whether Ukrainians are you know, pro-Russian or not, it really comes down to, um, do they really want to have uh, a lot of their data ending in Russia? Do they really want Russia to have access to them? And do they really want a company like Yandex, which likely works you know, hand in hand with uh, Russian intelligence agencies to have access to the type of views they read and all other browsing activities and more or less a lot of things they do online? When you click on an account that is colored, you can see why it's colored and uh, which are the third party uh, running in there or the connection passing through. Yeah. Um, wait, I close here. Okay, but the goal here, uh, when we start to collect the data, was not to generate uh, just uh, image and uh, interesting things. We have created an API that permitted to every researcher to collect this data and make analysis. This is an example of the um, 
percentage exposure that uh, is uh, facing uh, every country tested. For percentage exposure, I mean, is enough that one connection uh, between uh, the many that are performed uh, when uh, you are uh, accessing to a media website is passing through a country to, to, to assign uh, a presence of that country. Because if uh, it's running some program that analyzes the traffic of the foreign in order to uh, analyze uh, their behavior, need to be taken in account. In this map, we see, for example, in Russia, on one test run on a certain uh, carrier that answers to the autonomous system uh, with this number, because every, every um, internet access provider has different uh, contracts uh, with other uh, international carriers, therefore different international carriers bring different routes. And so we can see uh, that in Russia, 100% of the connection passed through Russia, 85% touch USA, 77% touch Great Britain, etc. And in this way, we can take a look of which are the countries that are most present in our navigation, because we are, <laughs> we are seeing Nigeria, Italy, Philippines, Germany, Austria, etc. For example, we have uh, in, um, two tests in, uh, in Italy, different uh, autonomous system means uh, different uh, uh, provider involved and also different exposure of, uh, of the user. In this case, uh, Europe, that uh, IP address associated to Europe without a specific meaning, are present, France, USA, as always, etc. Ah, and uh, once when, uh, we start to collect uh, all, the, um, all the tracker uh, present uh, on uh, the media website, uh, we, we figured out to, uh, to, uh, to, to declare uh, the Vrost media website ever. But uh, this is impossible, because we discovered that uh, the amount of tracker injected by a uh, media website changes during the time, and maybe also in the same day they are changing. At the moment, we are just analyzing the home page, but uh, uh, we see in uh, this uh, heat map, uh, on the X, a uh, certain amount of um, media, and on the Epsilon, the test run it. In uh, D3.js, uh, I'm uh, a goat, and so if someone can help uh, us to develop a better visualization, is welcome. But uh, on mouse over, over, the, over the value square, you can see how many trackers are present and when the, perf the test has been performed. This heat map was uh, intended to see if uh, some media dependently on uh, the source of the user, provide different tracker? And the answer is yes. So when we access um, media websites, we're not only vulnerable because our data travels to various servers all over the world, which we cannot control, but also because a whole bunch of uh, third-party com uh, companies, which we haven't given our consent to, and which we don't know track us, track us in the process. Um, here we have collected some uh, figures which illustrate uh, which are the primary companies which track us in every case. So we can see, for example, that in Germany, um, based on the media websites that we run the script on, in most cases, in 88% of the cases, Google is the dominant c company which tracks us. And if we scroll down, we can also see that Google actually is the dominant company in almost all of the countries uh, that we ran the test uh, on. Um, actually, of the 30 countries that we have analyzed, uh, tw in 28 of them, Google is the main company which tracks users uh, in 
almost 90% of all cases, except for two exceptions. The one is South Africa, where um, effective measure is in the first place. And the second example is Russia, where Yandex does the most tracking, which Love is it. sort of like the Google equivalent in Russia, as mentioned earlier. But still, there's a very small uh, difference with Google. So what we can see is that Google's the main company. And then again, this raises questions as to whether uh, Google should have this type of monopoly and so forth. But then again, it's not a simple question, of course, because um, a lot of media web, um, a lot of media organizations use Google Analytics, and that's why that's one of the reasons why Google ends up tracking you. And then the question is, you know, what alternatives are there to Google Analytics, and whether we should work with media organizations to help them find alternatives so that all the data doesn't end up with Google in the end, and we can bring some type of you know end to this Google hegemony. When we ran the script, we identified hundreds, if not thousands, of companies. Of course, we didn't, in these last four months, we didn't have time to analyze and go through every single one of them. So we decided, for starters, to look at the so-called globally prevailing tracking companies. By that, we mean the companies which uh, track you the most based on the media websites that we analyzed. So basically, the companies like Google, which presents the highest uh, percentages as illustrated in the visualization previously. Um, by looking at their websites, we can see that their main business model is based on advertising and profiling. Um, profiling and, and web analytics kind of feeds into advertising. And, you know, a lot of people uh, have said to us, especially over the last months when we've been working on this, is that, you know, I don't care if Google or Facebook or any company, you know, is tracking me for the sake of advertising. I mean, at the end of the day, you know, they improve my web experience. They provide me services and so forth. What's the big deal? That's a lot of arguments we've been getting over the last months. And it's kind of hard to supposedly to tackle that. But we think it's a bit more political than that, and here's why. So last night, um, Jake and Laura Potros gave a fantastic talk uh, about reconstructing narratives. Um, I'm guessing most of you attended, right? Yeah? Cool. Okay. So following um, their talk, uh, how many of you access Dash Beagle slash international to read, you know, the latest revelations about tax on crypto, SSL, and targeted killings in Afghanistan. But uh, can lower the hand who has used Tor? <laughs> because... Uh, <laughs> or actually, okay, so who access, who access this while using Tor? Without Tor. Oh, okay, sorry. Okay, who uses it with Tor? <laughs> who access this with Tor? Okay, so who accessed uh, the latest revelations on Dash Beagle without using Tor? Oh, wow. Okay, so, great. Well, not great, but um, actually what I'm going to show is for most of you. So, um, after the talk, we thought, hmm, uh, what's happening now that everyone's accessing Dash Beagle? So we decided to run the script last night to figure out. Um, so as you can see here, we've run the script based on just dashbeagle.dare, but also uh, there was a uh, dashbeagle article. It's where we've run the script and collected results for the specific page of the revelations. Um, as you can see there, with regards to tracking companies, more companies tracked us last night when we accessed the specific page of the revelations than when we just accessed dashbeagle in general. And as we can also see, some of these companies include Google, Twitter, and Facebook, and FYI, these companies um, have kind of been compromised by the NSA through Prism. Prism has been collecting data in bulk by these companies, as we know. We also know that the NSA has hacked into the data centers of Google through the muscular program, and so on and so forth. So what we can see, basically, is that last night, when we all accessed Dash Beagle to gain uh, access to this very important information, these companies were tracking on us, and these companies also work hands-in-hands -hands with those who probably don't want us to get access to that information. 
so maybe that's just something we should think about, and uh, especially if we're ever going to argue again that, you know, they just do advertising. So, how do these trackers even handle our data anyway? What do they even do with our data? It's kind of hard to answer because the real answer is we don't know, and that itself is the actual problem. Um, when we say that they track us and they track our data, essentially what we mean is that uh, they track our IP address, they track our browsing history, our search history, the scrolling movements of our mouse when we access the web page. So last night, for example, when we were reading um, Jake and Laura's and Aaron's uh, fantastic article, they could literally like track the scrolling movements of our mouse if we copy-pasted something and so forth. But in addition to that, these companies collect a whole wide range of data from a whole bunch of other sources. And that's why we thought it might be interesting to look at their privacy policies, not because they necessarily do what they say that they do in their privacy policies, but because unfortunately that's the, kind of like our best shots if we want to know what they do with our data. And also if, by looking at their privacy policies we can compare it to what they actually do. So for example, if they say in their privacy policies that they do not use, I don't know, um, whatever cookies or whatever tracking technologies, and then we figure out that they do, then that's where we can actually, you know, raise a discussion with them. Um, so what we have done is that we looked at the privacy policies of some of the globally prevailing tracking companies um, in order to, to collect the following fields of data as included in the slide, like what types of data they collect and so forth. And this data, we have put it in a CSV on our repository on GitHub, which means you can all access it, you can all contribute to it. Please do contribute to it. There are a lot of companies and we cannot do all of it ourselves. And also it would be fantastic if we could get some lawyers to help us do it and do more accurate research on that. What we want to obtain with that is uh, nobody read the term of service, nobody read the privacy policy, because uh, they are, in fact, long, complex, maybe there's a language barrier. Maybe you are touching a, a company with a hidden uh, third-party tracker that uh, you are not aware that exists. Lightbeam, the plugin for Firefox, show uh, these things. In this way, we can convert the privacy policy and the term of services in a machine-readable format, and then app or... Um, or uh, other visualization can uh, use those data in order to provide an easier visualization for the user that uh, can be more aware. So by looking at the privacy policies, and I repeat, um, I think personally that the, pri I mean, on the one hand, it's great that they have privacy policies. On the other hand, um, I'm not sure how useful they are because it's not clear if they actually, you know, do follow, do what they, they claim they do. But like mentioned, it's kind of like the best information we can get right now. From their privacy policies, though, what was interesting to see is that most of them are based in the US, which kind of, again, you know, um, not based on the privacy policies, but in general, we saw that most of them are based in the US, which, again, is interesting. It kind of, like, shows, again, the US hegemony when it comes to everything, even when it comes to infrastructure and collecting data and so forth. But more importantly, we can see that only three of them support Do Not Track, one of which is Twitter, thanks Twitter. And the other one is that basically 11 out of 25 that we looked at do not... Um, only 11 out of 25 disclose how long they retain data for. But still, even the ones that do disclose how long they retain data for, that again is kind of negotiable, because while they might say, for example, that they retain data for 730 days, that reten data retention period might potentially be renewed. Uh, we do not know who they share data with, how, uh, who they sell data to, how long they retain data for, and so forth. And it's this endless like chain of third-party actors who eventually gain access to our data, and it's such a big mess. So the point is that we do not know what happens at the end of the day, and that itself is a problem. And we think that just by looking at privacy policy, we might get some type of insight. Okay, and that is uh, basically the API uh, that is designed. Um, we have a database that is collecting uh, all the trace route data, all the DNS resolution and the reverse DNS, 
Um, all the media visited and uh, all the uh, third party that was injected, the privacy policy converted in a much readable format, and with a max mind um, resolution of a JYP and autonomous system, this kind of resolution. With disconnect.me, there are a JSON list that uh, permits the conversion between the domain name of the third party and the name of the company. And all these data are integrated in our database. In the future, uh, will be um, extended with uh, new data. The goal of this API is permitted to uh, develop a, a, research, uh, a researcher to extract those data and use it for the analysis, etc. The whole goal of uh, tracography is to uh, create a global, because we want to cover every country, observatory, because uh, um, during the time, I want to monitor the change and the modification about the tracking business and the exposure of the user in the network. You can find the link of the RESTful documentation and our privacy policy converted in CSV. At the moment, only 26 companies have been converted because it's a quite human-intensive operation, but in a distributed crowd, this can be easier. So how can we block and circumvent online tracking? There's no easy solution, but for starters, we could all start with these. For example, um, the FF has developed a privacy badger, which is pretty awesome. Uh, that is one example of how we can block some third-party trackers. Uh, in this table, we include other tools which can, we can use, like uh, NoScript to block uh, third-party scripts, or uh, script No if you're using Chrome, which may be best to switch to Firefox, but anyway. Um, or, for example, go through Disconnect um, if you want to visualize third-party trackers and also, again, block them. So this is just an example of some of the tools which can be used, you know, to block some online tracking. Of course, it is important to emphasize that, you know, the use of Tor on top of all of this is always great, you know, to, uh, to, to hide your IP address and so forth, which is something that they always track and can use to identify you. Um, okay, this slide is also better explained on myshade.org website. Yeah. Uh, you can find here at the end the, the link. Um, in my shadow website, our better expand the various approach for the defense. Uh, we just uh, point out that uh, someone can defense its, uh, itself blocking the third party like Adblock, someone other split the identity on multiple browsers in order to do not let cross-website association correlation. Anyway, is a, um, we are going to finish, and uh, the best way to contribute in tracography is uh, contribute to the media list, because uh, it's important to uh, have a, a complete media list about the media accessed in every nation, and eventually also some kind of politically sensitive content, because if something is important, it can be added to the test. And, uh, run the test when the middle list is ready. There are uh, Python scripts that uh, run uh, PhantomJS and uh, JavaScript, and, uh, sorry, and traceroute, and then send automatically the results to our server. Uh, it's an open source on GitHub, and uh, via pull request, uh, you can be part of it. And in addition to um, helping us review media lists around the world, for example, if your country is missing from the map and you'd like to see what tracking is going on there, um, you can help with the media list. And in addition to running the script, um, it would be wonderful if you could like meet us and we could all like brainstorm of other ways with which we can like deal with this issue and improve the project and so forth. It's still a project, you know, um, in progress, so any ideas are welcome. Um, I'm not sure if we have time for questions. Uh, I don't think so. I'm so sorry. I'm sure Amen. there are many of them. I should. I'm, but, I uh, have some myself. <laughs> in the tea tent, now we'll be drinking tea and uh, wait to your eventual question. <laughs> Thank you so much for this very, very interesting talk.
Sorry. Also, you can access the project at tracography.org. Feel free to access it and play with the map. Thank you.